Welcome into Outkick the Show Monday edition of the program. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Monday wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. Right off the top, I thought it was important for me to win my Vanderbilt where me to wear my Vanderbilt uh, Outkick shirt celebrating the return of football because today might be the biggest win that Vanderbilt football has all year. And some of you are sitting around saying, wait a minute, Clay, what are you talking about? Their game against Missouri just became the first one to be postponed. And I say to you, of course, this is going to be the only week that Vanderbilt has a football game scheduled that they don't lose all year. Celebrate off West End Avenue. Celebrate Vanderbilt University graduates like me. Celebrate Vanderbilt University fans across the nation. This is potentially a sign that you might not go 0-10 because Missouri had opened as a three-touchdown favorite over you. Vandy is going to lose every game they play this year. The only way they may avoid going 0-10 is by having games canceled because of COVID positivity. This might be the highlight of Vanderbilt's 2020 football season. Uh, appreciate all of you right off the jump here. I want to tell you to go sign up for FanDuel.com slash Clay. If you're not sure how to get signed up at FanDuel.com slash Clay, you can also go to OutKick. We got links to go get you signed up for FanDuel. Why am I saying to do it now? Because if you're in Tennessee or Michigan, they're going to be snapping the switch here soon to allow everybody, flipping the switch, to allow everybody to start to online gamble in states of Tennessee and Michigan. Already in Pennsylvania, Indiana, New Jersey, Iowa, West Virginia, Colorado, Illinois, all of those states it's already allowed. Pennsylvania if I didn't mention it. But Michigan and Tennessee coming soon. You get $50 free to go sign up right now at fanduel.com slash clay and you'll be ready to gamble the moment that everything goes live. Also want to encourage you to go sign up for our OutKick VIP. We are in a, on an absolute roll with OutKick announcing new hires. Uh, for written content a lot moving in a very positive direction there. Right off the top I want to talk about the biggest story in sports and right now that is Dak Prescott's injury. This is why I never complain about any athlete that holds out for any reason. Dak, I said for a long time should have held out longer I wouldn't have signed the one-year franchise tender. I know what he was trying to do and hoping to pull a Kirk Cousins get maybe two straight franchise tag designations and then get a huge unrestricted free agent contract like Kirk Cousins did with the Redskins before going to the Vikings oh I'm sorry the team that can no longer be called the Redskins before going to the Vikings Vikings, I know what Kirk Cousins tried to do but if you look the best story of the weekend in the NFL was Alex Smith coming back from his injury. Two years it took Alex Smith to return from the devastating injury that happened to him a fracture where the bone broke through the skin that is the same thing that now has happened to Dak Prescott. We talked with Dr. Chow about this he expects him to be back healthy but if you're the Cowboys how do you offer him more money coming off of a serious injury like this? How do you offer him more than $100 million after you just paid him $31.5 million guaranteed I think Dak should have held out and refused to ever be franchise tagged. I think he should have taken the $100 million guaranteed uh, or held out and said I'm not going to play under the franchise tag. There's just so much risk that you take 
when you enter the football field and even though he had played in 69 straight games and even though Dak had been incredibly accomplished on the field starting every game since he got to the NFL sooner or later you're going to get hurt. It's a question of when not if in the NFL and it's also a question of how severe will that injury be and so for that injury I think it's going to take Dak a while to come back from it but this is why I never begrudge any athlete who holds out. This is why I never begrudge any athlete who tries to get as much money as he possibly can. I'm rooting for Dak but this creates all sorts of crazy scenarios for the Cowboys including the fact that Andy Dalton could be really good throwing to Amari Cooper throwing to Michael Gallup throwing to CeeDee Lamb arguably the best trio of wide receivers anywhere in the NFL. I think that Dak Prescott will eventually be able to come back and restart not this season obviously but in the meantime Andy Dalton may establish that this offense is so good that even Andy Dalton the red rifle can come in and have a great deal of success as well which would undercut already Dak Prescott's marketability for himself. So I feel bad for the way it went. I'm wishing him the best but this is why I said I would have held out. This is why I would have pulled a Zeke Elliott. This is why I wouldn't have played without a multi-year commitment from the Dallas Cowboys. Bunch of different college football games to react to then we'll circle back around to the NFL. Georgia Bulldogs. I was wrong. Congrats. The second half was an utter beatdown that Georgia put on Tennessee. Jarrett Garantano the worst version of Jarrett Garantano showed up three fumbles an interception and one half for a fifth year quarterback. All possibility of pulling off the upset vanished. Tennessee was down two points even with all of those turnovers with less than a minute to play against Georgia when Georgia scored a touchdown in the final minute of the third quarter. Tennessee is close to being able to win those games but frankly I don't think that Jared Garantano is a quarterback that can win games like these. I think at best he's a 6-4 and four caliber quarterback probably 5-5. Five and five. We'll see what Tennessee does against Kentucky. But I thought that Georgia's performance defensively was as good of a defensive performance in the second half as I have seen in a very long time. I don't want to take away from Georgia what they did even though Jared Garantano was absolutely awful. Props to the Bulldogs. I can't wait to watch and see what's going to happen this weekend uh, with Georgia going on the road against Alabama in Tuscaloosa. How about Alabama? Let's talk about the Tide. That was the worst defensive performance of the Nick Saban era against Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. And I think there are reasons to be nervous about everything on the defensive side of the ball for Alabama. I tend to think the Tide's going to get it fixed. It's why I like the under in the Georgia-Alabama game. It's why I also like Georgia with a 7-point cushion there. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it'll be something like 24-21. One team will find a way to win. It won't really matter what happens in this one because we're going to see a rematch in, uh, in December. Frankly, if you're a Georgia fan, the game against Florida and the cocktail party likely to be far more important than this game against Alabama this weekend. And if you're Alabama, you've pretty much got the SEC West wrapped up because I don't see anybody else in the West that's going to be able to be anywhere near competitive against you guys. So given the fact that you've already beaten A&M soundly I think Alabama and Georgia are basically giving us an early preview for what's likely to be a rematch in the SEC title game. Alabama by the way against the Ole Miss offense this is what defense it's one of the best uh, statistics I've ever seen. Ole Miss gave up uh, had Alabama had 11 possessions against Ole Miss. They scored 63 points. Ole Miss stopped them twice. They stopped them on a 40-yard punt and they stopped them at the one-yard line and created a fumble. That means of the entire game of defense that they played 
and Ole Miss gave up 723 yards of offense to Alabama. That's the most yards Alabama's ever had. By the way, the most yards ever in an SEC game and also the most points ever scored in an SEC game in regulation. Alabama was kept from only maximizing their total yardage available to them by 41 yards. Let me repeat that. I'm writing it down so I don't screw it up. Alabama could have gotten in this game in their 11 possessions 764 total yards. Let me repeat that. They could have gotten 764 total yards. They punted from the 40 and they got a turnover at the 1. The entire defense that Ole Miss played for that entire game they took away 41 yards of potential offense from Alabama. That means the Alabama offense going against air with no one defending them on those 11 drives would have gotten 764 total yards. With Ole Miss lined up with 11 players against them the entire game Ole Miss managed to take away 41 of those yards. That's historic level dominance from Alabama offensive football but I'm still nervous about what we're going to see on the defensive side of the ball from Alabama in that game against Georgia. How about Texas A&M? Jimbo Fisher got the win and he immediately wanted to fight everybody who had ever mentioned that he made $75 million. Did you guys see that? Jimbo won. Sometimes coaches are filled with glee. They're filled with excitement. They are filled with absolute gratitude. Jimbo Fisher won and he immediately started running around like he wanted to fight somebody. That's how much he was hearing all of the criticism about the $7.5 million a year and about three years with the Aggies not being able to win a big game. Now, this is why sometimes it's smarter to make a little bit less than the maximum. If Jimbo Fisher was making $6 million a year hardly anybody's talking. But you make seven and a half, and everybody's chirping at you but props to the Aggies Kyle Field brought it I don't know how many fans were in attendance but I know that was more than 25% and they made a difference. It's why Dan Mullen is saying that he wants over 90,000 people to be there at the Florida Gators next game. Also, incredible performance uh, all around by the uh, Aggie faithful to get that win. Kyle Trask and the Florida Gator offense didn't do anything wrong. It's just their defense has been questionable all season. They weren't good against Ole Miss and maybe nobody is going to be. They weren't that good against South Carolina and now they were not very good on the road against Texas A&M. I think they'll look better against LSU maybe but I think LSU will score points. I think the over is probably the play in that game uh, because uh, the Gators are all the way out to a 14-point favorite. That seems steep to me when your defense can't stop anybody at all even though we know that the LSU defense can't stop anybody. But a huge win for Texas A&M and by the way It's amazing how one big win can change everything. Texas A&M now has a legitimate chance to go 6-1 or 7-0 down the stretch. Two toughest games left. Auburn doesn't look very good. And how about at Tennessee? Eh, Jared Garantano who knows what version of Garantano will show up. A&M could find a way to get to 8-2 or 9-1. That's how much of a change one big win can bring you. Let me say this too. Arkansas fans. I want you to listen carefully to me right now. You got screwed, all right? Razorbacks, you guys won your game against Auburn. If you didn't see the end of this game, 
Bo Nix was trying to spike the football to set up a field goal. When he decided to spike the football he fumbled it in kind of rainy conditions and then when he picked the football up he was facing backwards and he ground the football he spiked it facing backwards. What happens when a quarterback throws a pass backwards? It is a live ball. Arkansas then recovered the ball. The game should have effectively been over right then and there. The Razorbacks should have won this football game. They won it fair and square if the rule was applied effectively. Now, I think the SEC officials had never seen anything like this because usually Bo Nix no one is dumb enough to spike the football backwards. So when he panicked and fumbled the football and then spiked it backwards they threw the flag for intentional grounding but they said there wasn't an immediate recovery of the football. Well, when you spike the football backwards it's going to take time for somebody to be able to get to the ball and recover it which is exactly what happened with Arkansas. I feel bad for you Razorback fans. You deserved this win. You went toe-to-toe on the road with Auburn. Your team has been vastly outperforming expectations already and frankly you won down on the Plains. Auburn got a benefit they didn't deserve and even Auburn fans know exactly that I am speaking the truth. Clemson dominated Miami. Trevor Lawrence was great other than the block kick at the end of the first half that Dabo acknowledged he got wrong. Everything went perfect for Clemson. We know the answer here on Miami. They are a pretender to the throne not a real contender and Clemson really only has one threat on their regular season. It's Notre Dame in November in South Bend that game likely to be replayed at the end of the year between Clemson and Notre Dame in the ACC championship game. So Clemson is by far I think the most likely team to make the college football playoff. Uh, Also, Texas. What is up with Texas? You guys are 27-17 now overall under Tom Herman. You are 18-12 in the Big 12 which ain't good and I knew exactly what the Texas co-ed if you didn't see her when they had the the pan of the crowd in the Fox game after Texas lost in overtime and what was an incredible Red River rivalry shootout showdown whatever you want to call it the Texas girl stuck up her middle finger at the camera and basically spoke for everybody out there on Saturday when your team loses. I know exactly how you felt on Saturday Texas girl when you flip the middle finger there. But as a result we've got college football complete and I am going to run through my SEC power rankings for you 1-14 to and I think you all will agree with them 100 billion percent. Here are my SEC power rankings. Georgia is the best team in the SEC. Alabama second best based on what I've seen so far. This is only on the field. Texas A&M third. Florida four. Tennessee 5 Auburn 6 Now really Auburn shouldn't even be 6 but I'm giving the benefit of the doubt there. By the way every team in the SEC after only 3 weeks has more than one loss except for those 6 that I just named. Then comes Ole Miss Lane Kiffin has been a lot of fun to watch Arkansas is at 8 Kentucky is at 9 Kentucky shut out basically Mike Leach and the Mississippi State offense the only team that couldn't score was Mike Leach's offense go figure Missouri at 10 South Carolina at 11 Mississippi State at 12 LSU 
has fallen all the way to 13 and Vanderbilt I've got at 14. Congratulating Vanderbilt on the only weekend they have a game scheduled. They won't lose if you're just starting to watch us now because they postponed that game. By the way, LSU. What a collapse LSU is at. I'm going to talk about this tomorrow morning on the radio show. But there's a strong argument now that Joe Burrow was to 2019 LSU what Cam Newton was to 2010 Auburn in that as soon as Joe Burrow left LSU has fallen apart. Four straight plays from the one-yard line they couldn't score on. Congratulations to Eli Drinkwitz and the Missouri Tigers on their goal line stand on getting their first win under Eli and on beating LSU who I currently have as the next to worst team in the SEC based on what we've seen on the field through three weeks. Top 10 overall in college football. I've got Clemson 1, Georgia 2, Alabama 3, Notre Dame 4, North Carolina 5, Texas A&M 6, Florida 7, Tennessee 8, Oklahoma State 9, Miami 10. The top 10 is hard to do right now without Big 10 or Pac-12 schools involved. There's my college football breakdown in general. A bunch of things to get into other than the DAC injury in the NFL. How about the Raiders going on the road and taking down the Chiefs? John Gruden with a monster win for the Raiders. And think about this was it wasn't a uh, strange, unlikely, weird win. The Raiders couldn't be blocked by that Kansas City Chief offensive line and their offense was downright dominant. They had Patrick Mahomes running like crazy behind the line throughout the entirety of the game. Props to the Raiders on getting a big win and making the Kansas City Chiefs look mortal. And to be fair, I think the Chiefs are kind of playing it low-key. They are not putting forth their best effort unless they really feel like they're going to be challenged like they were against the Ravens. Otherwise, they're defending Super Bowl champs and they've been wobbly to start the season. They weren't good against the Chargers. They could have lost that game. They weren't particularly good certainly against the Raiders. They weren't particularly good against the Patriots. So far, the performance of the Chiefs overall has not been very impressive. Uh, Jimmy G has been benched. Talk about uh, penthouse to the outhouse. Seemed like Jimmy G was about to win his Super Bowl with about eight or nine minutes to go in that game. He looked destined to become a Super Bowl champion. Instead, he fell apart down the stretch of that game, got benched now for uh, for a pretty crazy awful performance, two interceptions, and you wonder whether C.J. Beathard or Nick Mullins, who also been benched, things are awry in San Francisco and they're not only awry because of the stupid Santa Clara Health Department restrictions which require that people call the games while wearing masks and also having a plexiglass divider between them The state of California has lost its mind. I'm going to get to that in a moment. Uh, But Jimmy G benched. How about Phillip Rivers not looking very good on the road and the Cleveland Browns are 4-1 baby. Nobody can stop the Browns hype train. Browns are 4-1. The Ravens are 4-1 and and the Pittsburgh Steelers are 4-0. That NFC North battle is heating up in a big way. Phillip Rivers doesn't look like he's got a lot left. Maybe I'm wrong. They got a great defense in Indianapolis but he looked just a little bit slow on everything Phillip Rivers did in that performance against the Browns. We'll see what happens going forward with the Colts. Uh, We've also got Megan Kelly. Props to Megan Kelly for getting Mark Cuban on the record and grilling him 
about whether or not he supported basic human rights in China. Lots of good stuff coming out of that podcast. We had a podcast with Megan Kelly on wins and losses. I'm going to go on her podcast soon. But finally, somebody called out Mark Cuban for his hypocrisy. I tweeted out the video or sorry, the audio link to that interview. If you haven't heard it already, I would encourage you to go check it out. Uh, Final thought here. Bob Iger is going head-to-head with Gavin Newsom. These are two people who are considering running for president in 2024 as Democrats. They're battling over Disneyland in California. Disney World has been open for months. My mom and dad just went down to Disney World with my sister, my brother-in-law, and my nieces and nephews. They went all over Disney World, stayed there for a week, had a phenomenal time. They said it wasn't very crowded but that everything was great at Disney World. Some people are terrified of that. Article today saying they haven't found a single case of the coronavirus being spread at Disney World. They have now been open at Disney World for months with huge crowds. Meanwhile, all the way back on the West Coast in California, Disneyland has been closed since March. Tens of thousands of people are not being allowed to work And Bob Iger, the former CEO of Disney, is fed up with it. There are finally starting to be reasonable Democrats who are asking the question, why are these lockdowns continuing forever? Why are these shutdowns continuing forever? They're going to keep Disneyland shut, guys, for over a year for a virus that has almost no impact on the vast majority of Americans. This is crazy. It's absolute insanity that California is still shut down and there are starting to be reasonable people out there Democrat, Republican, Independent, it doesn't matter who are saying, wait a minute shutting down for a couple of weeks is one thing saying that Disneyland is not allowed to open for over a year while there are tens of thousands of people allowed to protest all over major American cities while there are riots and looting in the celebration of a Lakers championship Bob Iger is starting to ask questions that I've been asking for a month props to him for standing up to Gavin Newsom and saying we've been open at Disney World for months we know what the protocols are we're not having any major outbreaks go read about it on OutKick it's crazy that Disneyland is not open to me an interesting window into the failures of the shutdown and lockdown dynamic is looking at Disneyland where tens of thousands of Disney employees are not being allowed to work and comparing that with what's going on at Disney World. We can't lock ourselves in our houses, apartments, and condos forever and refuse to go outside. You have to look at the data and the data tells us a straightforward and relatively unthreatening fact. That is, almost everybody who contracts this virus including the President of the United States is going to have zero issues at all. Ages 0 to 19, the survival rate, 99.997%. Ages 20 to 49, the coronavirus survival rate, according to the CDC, 99.98%. Ages 70 and under, the survival rate. If you are under 70, between 50 and 69 and you get this virus, your survival rate is 99.5%. Even if you are over 70 the survival rate is 94.6% protect people in nursing homes 
open up every school open up every business open up every sport it's time to get back to normalcy in this country shutdowns and lockdowns don't work Disneyland versus Disney World is a prime example of that props to former Disney CEO Bob Iger for standing up to a dictator like California Governor Gavin Newsom who's making ridiculous and absurd decisions that aren't actually making it safer for people in his state. I love all of you. Go sign up fanduel.com slash clay get your bets in tonight. I like the Chargers to cover the 7. Go sign up if you're in Tennessee or Michigan. $50 free and honestly that goes for everybody out there in every state. You get $50 free if you go sign up right now fanduel.com slash clay and I hope all of you will go sign up for the Outkick VIP. DBAP unless you need to SBAP had a great weekend of college football and the NFL. One more time as we finish congrats to the Vanderbilt Commodores on having their first week where they aren't going to lose a game during the football season. This is Outkick the Coverage. I am Clay Travis and I appreciate all of your support. Look closely at me haters. That kiss I just blew you that's for making me rich. I couldn't have done it without you. See y'all. Bye.